Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm today's host, Coleman Hodges, and joining us, he is the new head coach of Kentucky Swimming and Diving. Today, we're sitting down with Brett Lungard. How's it going, Brett? Great. Thanks for having me, Coleman. Just right off the bat, this is not your first rodeo in the SEC, but now you are back in the SEC at, at, at the helm of Kentucky. Uh, what made this the right move for you, and what has it been like so far? Yeah, it's. Um, I think for a move to happen, I think for me, it's it always starts with the people, and then and then the place. Um, for the people you know, in, in going through a transition, you have, you don't have a lot of free time. I haven't had a lot of free time, but I have had a little bit of time to, to reflect. And I've, what I've recognized, the theme is that all the places I've been, is just the people that made it fantastic. And, and then the second part is the, the place in terms of just opportunity, what type of environment is there? What's the ecosystem like? What's the, the ethos, what's the culture like, but the people part, um, you know, the more that this opportunity became real for me and I started to to converse with those people and I started to to kind of get to know who my, my boss is and get to know just the culture here, like with every conversation, I felt better and better and better and more excited about it. And, and so, you know, it got to a point where like, I, I really couldn't ignore it. Um, the, you know, I actually, I want to back up a little bit. You know, I think when I was at Princeton, I think that was that was the joy of my experience there as well. Just the the people, and you know, we got to a place where I I had some fantastic bosses. I had wonderful support. I had people who, you know, helped me grow as a leader and were patient with me and helped me, you know, go through my screw ups early in my my head coaching career. And and we got to a place where I think we're really proud of of that culture and the people that were a part of our program. And, and so I, I say that one out of gratitude uh, for, for the people I work with and most importantly, the student athletes there, I have a tremendous amount of love for, for them. Um, but I also say that because it also illustrates like we, we wouldn't have just left for, for anything and, and the people here and the place here and the opportunity and what it represents was just, it was kind of hard to ignore. Um, and from a place standpoint, as you alluded to, just being back in the, in the SEC, I, I mean, the challenge is just, it's, it's very energizing for me. I think I'm, uh, whether it's, it's good or bad, I think I'm one of those people that I, I probably get a little uncomfortable if I'm not uncomfortable. And I, I just love this idea of coming to a program that's had some great success, like definitely has had some great success. And we've got some cool banners hanging above our pool. And um, I mean, you know, just just this week, you know, Levi, congrats to Levi being announced, uh, you know, on, on the U.S. national team, the first first male Wildcat. I mean, how cool is that? And congrats to to Jordan, his coach. Um, but I also feel like those opportunities can become more prevalent. I feel like we can, 
most importantly, we can build a, a culture here where this is a destination for world-class swimming. And just to do that in the SEC with this wonderful balance of academics and athletics, I think this is a, a destination I couldn't ignore. That's yeah, that's a lot. Let's sorry. I, I failed to give our listeners a little more background. Um, you know, you were coming from being the head coach of the Princeton women's swimming and diving team, yeah. uh, where you were the 2023 Ivy league coach of the year last year. I think you won two out of the last three Ivy league titles, uh, with the Princeton women. You've been a U.S. national team coach, um, and you've been there since the 2017-2018 season. Um, and so it's, you know, you as you alluded to, and I actually read your um, your letter that you wrote to Princeton um, when you accepted this job right before this podcast, and, and it was a very heartfelt letter, and it, and it mirrored what you just said of, you wouldn't have just left for anything. And, um, it's, it sounds like you have a great opportunity here. Um, so, you know, right off the bat, you get to Kentucky and then, uh, and then we report that you're holding open tryouts, which is not something (laughs) you normally see at a, at a power five college program, but something I thought was really interesting. And, uh, you know, it, you're certainly shaking things up. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, you get there and then you make this decision, obviously, what went into that and and where was your head at for that? Yeah, that probably got more attention than, um, than it probably deserved. Uh, you know, part of that is we, you know, as an institution, um, you know, we're, we're working hard in terms of making sure that our, our numbers are in place in terms of the balance between men and women and, um, as an athletic department and, you know, the other part with that is, you know, there's, um, and I think that there's there's so many exciting stories of this. There's so many good student athletes out there that uh, just haven't been, you know, given an opportunity, right? They just haven't been exposed to, uh, you know, wonderful coaches, wonderful teachers, and and wonderful resources, you know, to really kind of see how good they can be. And so we, we don't want to be naive about, um you know, or what I should say is we don't want to leave any uh, stone unturned. And, and so there's, you know, we want to kind of provide that opportunity early on in our time here. And, you know, unfortunately, no one took us up on it. But um, it's uh, still, you know, we, we want to kind of provide that that opportunity for our entire team and make sure that we're exploring all options to get better. You know, it's we've, we, or at least I've heard, you know, um, at least one story that comes to mind of, you know, someone who is swimming on a college club team. And then, you know, he ends up making, I think he scored at NCAAs, you know, a few years later. Um, he was swimming at Cincinnati and I think, but you know, it's like that, like you said, there are those diamonds in the rough that just don't have the right opportunity. Don't didn't have the right support behind them. And, uh, it, I really, honestly, I enjoyed seeing that because you do have, you know, it's like those freakishly athletic people who are playing uh, like rec league sports in college and, you know, just maybe didn't have the driver, like you said, have, have the coaches to get them to, to a division one level or, or to the, to, in the right space to be able to compete at a high level, even if that might may be something that they want to do. <clears throat> so 
There's actually there's actually a pretty good story in this program about someone like that that comes to mind. Um, there was a young lady. She she graduated. Her name is Parker Heron, and I I think you all did a story on her. I want to say like she went from. I don't even know if she was like a sub minute hundred backstroker. Um, I don't want to misquote, but like, I think she ended up being low fifties, 51, 52, you know, significant score when, when the, the team won SECs and she, uh, I, ironically, I met her. She, I did some lessons with her when I lived in Knoxville. And so I got to know her and her, her, her family and they were awesome. And they were this story of like, you know, someone who's not, you know, they don't have the resources they're, they're not with a, a club team. That's, I, I think she had to drive really far if I'm not mistaken. So she just didn't have the opportunities. And I remember they were asking like, cause you could see the girl could swim, you know, she had a lot going for her and had a great head on her shoulders. And I remember her parents asking, you know, like, what can we do? You know? And I just remember telling her like, you, you got to find a way to tell that story, you know, show, show your personality show your commitment, but also tell that story that like, you know, I, I haven't had the same opportunities as some of the people that you're recruiting against. And I fully acknowledge that I'm not where, you know, you want my times to be, but if you, you know, if, if, if you give me a shot, then, um, you know, you're, you're going to get the most of me. And, and I think, you know, her dad wrote me actually, when I got this job and, um, he wrote me a couple of years ago as well. And it's just stories like that happen all the time. I remember, um, a breaststroker I was working with at Tennessee, I think he's a football player, you know, he is a football player and just an athlete. And, and I think that there's so many stories like that. Um, and as you see this sport evolve, and as you see, especially in a short pool, you know, you see, you're really seeing athletes. Like we have some amazing athletes in our sport right now. And you see what they're doing. Like I, we used to have, I feel like as a sport, this reputation of like, swimmers like they're the ones who couldn't do anything on on dry land right they're the ones who couldn't catch the ball or jump and like come watch NCAs right like come spend some time with with these athletes because they are freaks I mean the things that they can do are just they're outstanding and so a lot of times you don't get that from having your stereotypical kind of swim background you know a lot of these people uh, and, and I firmly believe every campus probably has some just tremendous athletes that would be phenomenal if they had the opportunity. So we'll see. Yeah. And I, I, I did look the, that story up. Parker Heron, best, best hunter back out of high school was 59, seven. And she made the SECA final, uh, in 2021 with a 53 low. How cool so, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just it's pretty cool um i didn't remember that but it, that yeah you know and and you can find those stories and like you said you know you you don't leave stones unturned because you want to you want to find those athletes and you want to make those stories right absolutely so uh so far you know you you've got your coaching staff and now the team is his the season has started you're about a month in i think uh how, what has it been like so far? You know, again, being with coaching men and women, uh, I guess, first off, and then, you know, being like being in the SEC, which um, I'm guessing is just culturally a little different, even in the day-to-day practices um, than maybe the Ivy League was. You know, uh, being back with men and women has been a lot of fun. Um, there's, 
you, you know this because you've been to so many different programs. Like there's a there's a focus and, and a little of this is stereotypical, but there's some truth to it. There's a focus that a women's team will bring. And like they, they do such a good job listening and, and staying attentive. And and, you know, a lot of times on, on the men's side, there's an energy and, and sense of almost rambunctiousness a little bit that they bring. And and what I've I've really loved is if you can if you can create an environment where people can be their personalities um, you know, within, within the culture, I think that those two dynamics can really complement one another. And it's been, it, it's been really fun to be back on deck and kind of feel that, uh, cause it's been a while, you know, and, and since I've coached men, I should say. And so been very grateful for that. I, you know, I've also, when you go to a new team as a coach and, and I know the student athletes feel this right new, you know, majority of our staff is new and they're you're sitting there wondering like, Oh my gosh, what's, what, what's the coach going to be like? And well, the coach also goes through that too. You know, it's like, what is this team going to be like, you know, like what, what are their personalities going to be? What kind of culture are we starting off with? And I mean, they couldn't have been more welcoming. They couldn't have been um, more receptive to us. And I, I, I really mean that like, just the other day, we were maybe a week ago, we were having a, a dinner and I have four team members playing with my daughter. They're playing tag with my daughters for like an hour and a half. <laughs> I'm like, it's just, and they were just doing that because that's, that's who they are. And it just, you know, moments like that, you know, I, I know that our family, my wife, we're, we're just so appreciative of, and they even gave us a care package, a Lexington survival guide, you know, all the lists of the coffee shops, the tacos, you know, all the best places for dinner, breakfast, so on and so forth. And um, so just the energy of being in this environment, being at a school where there is a very awesome, passionate pursuit of being the best student athlete you can be. Um, I really have been energized by that. And then the, the the second part is the staff part, you know, what you alluded to. I I think that that actually has been I, as I went through this hiring process, I, I started realizing that the staff part is going to be maybe my favorite pieces because I have this opportunity. We have a full NCAA allotment of coaches. So we we still are, are in the process of hiring an, another coach. Um, and so we're really grateful for the support that our administration has given us to do that, you know, to really facilitate an opportunity to build a world-class program. And and what I what I started feeling and going through that process is like these are phenomenal coaches. There's so many good coaches out there, and if you're going to be creating an environment where you can help each of your individuals, you know, say you have 60 between the men and women, there's so much nuance there. There's so many different personalities. There's so many different backgrounds, and to be a part of a staff that has um, that kind of difference, you know, the different personalities, they represent the different experiences. Like there's no day that we don't learn from one another. And there's no day where I, I go home and I'm like, oh, geez, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. I, I got this staff. And, and that's pretty cool because um, it means that as, as a, as a group, you're always going to be learning. You can almost guarantee there's no moment you're not going to be learning, whether it's from the student athletes or the coaches. And, and I think when you do it right and you have a staff that's really, um, they're doing it for the right reasons, they're pros at what they do, I think that there's a level of energy that really helps kind of create a feeling on the deck. And I am very grateful for our staff. I mean, and I, I'll, I'll kind of brag on them a little bit. Um, 
you know, Jordan is one of them that we, we retained and, and Jordan is a rock star. He's, he's probably our most organized and, and, you know, self-admittedly um, type A personality. Hopefully he can't hear me right now. Um, and it's been so good for our staff though. And he's that like stereotypical kind of distance mind, right. Who like this, 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 and, and that's very appropriate for us in terms of bringing balance. And he has done such a good job. If you, if you look at, um, if you look at the results in terms of the people he's worked with, and I, I mentioned Levi, who's you know recently named a, a national team member for the U.S., um, and Levi's just part of it. You know, if you really kind of dive into it, he's had so much success with with the men, you know, especially that he's worked with um, in kind of that upper mid upper range. The other part that I've really grown to appreciate about him is just his, um, he sincerely cares. He cares about the team. He can pick, he cares about the culture. Um, so we retained him. We're, we're really fortunate to retain our, our two diving coaches as well. They're, they're rock stars. Um, I've known Ted for, for a while and he is that perfect combination of like great coaching, even better character. Um, and Cara has been fantastic as well. And she has some amazing experiences. Um, and then we brought we brought in Robin who Robin Bowie who was with me at Tennessee she was with me at Princeton, and then we brought her in here, and I think she when I first became a head coach at Princeton, I always kind of knew that if I if I got that opportunity I wanted to find somebody with that skill set that was different than mine particularly on the dry side of things, she has this kind of Swiss Army knife resume where she's this you know, former physiotherapist, massage therapist, has a great deal of experience um, in terms of weight, you know, the strength and conditioning side of things. She she knows the body and she knows biometrics. She knows physiology. Like it's, it's impressive. And so she is this kind of expert that allows us to, I think, connect and communicate with the, the team around the team here and make sure that no one has fallen through the cracks in terms of our student athletes. And it's really I think allowed us and we're only a month in, but it's, I can tell it's, it's definitely allowing us to utilize the strengths of our support staff and, and making sure we're on the same page in, in kind of another level. And so that's been really fun to kind of be able to turn her loose and, and see her do that. Um, she's also, she's also becoming a, a tremendous coach. So it's been really fun, you know, the last four or five or sorry, five years at, at Princeton um, seeing her grow as far as just her, her eye in the water. I mean, she's really good. She's really good. So that's been cool. And then Caitlin Hamilton is one that we brought in and I got to be honest, I, I didn't think we'd be able to find a head coach with her experience, you know, in August, <laughs> the year before, you know, the Olympics. I mean, we had a lot of things kind of going against us and, I remember my first in my first minute, I, I knew I wanted to bring her on board and she kind of reiterated what I valued, which is the people. She said, it's about the people. I want to make sure that I, I go to a program. She wanted a combined program and she wanted to be surrounded with the right people. And it just, it struck a chord with me. And the more that I talked to her, the more that I realized like we, we need to find a way to, to bring her on board. And she's just got tremendous experience as a phenomenal swimmer herself at Purdue and then um, you know was an assistant at a number of programs including Indiana and then I just love that there's another person on staff who was a former head coach uh, because I'm far from perfect and I'll make so many mistakes and just to have somebody who 
has been there, has had to make some of those decisions. It's so cool to kind of have her um, expertise and her her perspective to make sure that um, we're we're doing the best by our student athletes. And then last and certainly not least is is Colin Ferris, who uh, he's our Energizer Bunny man. This guy, he's coming from Louisville and he's still living there. So he drives an hour plus every day, and he comes in early in the morning. And just you know when Colin is here, and he's uh, I love him. I just love the energy that he brings, and you know. He's got phenomenal experience. I really love his club background. I think it's somebody, you know, I think a lot of times he's what I've seen and been a part of, like as college coaches, we're pretty naive about what it's like being a club coach. And I think he he represents that background, um, even though he has coached college as well. And I think that's really important for us to keep that in mind when we're talking to student athletes, we're talking to prospects and and we're talking to club coaches. So He's um, he's great. And, and the other thing that I like about Colin is that he's a grad. So he's a Kentucky Wildcat through and through. I mean, he's got a tattoo of the state on his arm. It doesn't get more Kentucky than that. And and I just love that because this means this means everything to him, you know, like and, and I think for our student athletes to see that and feel that and realize that this is more than a four year experience. Right. This is a lifetime uh, in terms of your connections, your your future family members. And I think Colin really represents that. And it's going to be fun uh, as he helps us, you know, connect with our alums and, and form these life, lifelong connections with our current team and and um, and also our past. So it's a really good group. Um, couldn't be more grateful for him. And, and we're excited to continue to fill it out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> probably more, that's probably more <laughs> that's... than you were looking for. Uh, it it was and i love it you know that's that that's what we're here for we're here to be long-winded that's that's what our whole podcast is about um so i mean i i feel like i know the whole staff now though which which is which is really cool um i kind of on that note you know you mentioned the team coming together mentioned the culture you mentioned you you know you you talked about your staff i'm always curious um you know, you, you talked about the, the moment or, you know, coming in of what is this team going to be like the team being like, what is this coach going to be like? Yeah. How do you facilitate getting, how do you get to know 60 athletes? You know, it's like how, obviously I'm guessing it's communication is a big part of it, but what, what form does that take? You mentioned a team dinner, you know, obviously there's meetings, but can you take me through kind of that? I know you've been on campus for longer than a month, but the season's been, been a month. Um, so far it's like, how, how do you, what are you prioritizing when you're trying to get to know your team? Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. We, we prioritize getting to know them, um, over everything. And actually I've, I've only been on campus a month now. There were this happened so late. I was scheduled to uh, to go represent Princeton and coach a few people at the uh, tier meet out in Irvine prior to juniors. And then I was scheduled to stay out there and recruit. And then we had a, a, a planned family vacation that um, didn't exactly go through. Um, so I actually transitioned from Princeton to Kentucky during my time out there. And they had to send me a box of shirts and Greg, Greg at Stanford he saw through it right away. I remember I was warming a, a kid up and 
he comes up to me. He's like, that shirt looks like it just came out of a box. And I was like, well, it did, Greg. <laughs> you were spot on with that observation. <laughs> um, and so it was kind of funny to be transitioning during that time. But the challenge was, is that we weren't on campus. And and I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew from uh, from my experience, you know, and my mistakes in the past, like I knew that it was so important for me to connect with this group. It's a group that's been through a lot. And anytime that there's change, it is really, really difficult. So I wanted to show them that we we were very empathetic about that and very sincere about wanting to build those relationships. So I, proce I proceeded to spend my entire experience at juniors in a car in the parking lot doing Zooms with them. And then I would run out and go meet meet some recruits in the field. I, I can honestly tell you in my whole time there, I didn't see a single race outside of the first night. And, and I was just going back and forth between Zoom calls with the team and then meeting prospects in, in the, the field out there in Irvine. And so we we got through, I got through almost the entire team, I think prior to then flying back to New Jersey. And then, you know, we had to, my wife, my family have been amazing through this and we had to, we had to get our house ready to sell. We weren't exactly thinking we'd be selling right now. So um, we had some work to do and then kind of balancing that while continuing the virtual conversations. And then we did get here, I don't know, about four, four weeks ago. And um, I just sit here, <laughs> I sit here and I meet with the team and that's what I've done. And we're kind of going through almost round two now. I think we've met with with everybody in person and, and we're, we're kind of well into our way of meeting with people multiple times. And, and I think that matters because um, each of them has a different story. Each of them has a different experience in the way that we kind of view this working. Like it, it is a partnership. The more that I know about them, the more that our staff knows about them, then we're going to be able to make decisions that put them in the right place at the right time. We're going to know kind of what makes them tick. We're going to let them, you know, we're going to figure out, the areas of growth. And, and I think most importantly, they're going to see that we care. Um, and so we, we've really wanted to prioritize that. And I, I think we did. I think our staff has done a good job doing that. Um, and that's also not going to be just a one-time thing. That's kind of how we roll. So uh, it takes a lot of time, but I, you know, I quickly see that in this role, that's, that's going to be the most important thing I do. Really insightful. And I, I appreciate that, uh, as a communication major in college, <laughs> I appreciate that because um, <laughs> that's, you know, that's, I think it is important to get to know someone and to build those relationships. And um, I appreciate hearing that from, you know, a, a, a D1 power five head coach. Uh, I do have to ask though, how, how do you recruit to a school that you haven't even set foot on oh, when you're at juniors? Man. You just sell the dream, you know, I, I remember <laughs> I've, I've gone through this before. So I had a little bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I remember my first day at Princeton, we had a recruit there and she's like, can you take me on a tour? And I was like, I thought she was joking <laughs> and she was serious. And I was like, uh, sure. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to say no. And so I'd take her on this tour and I'm like, there's a building and there's that. And uh, so, you know, talk about awkward moments. So like you kind of learn through that. Um, but to be honest with you, it's pretty easy for, for this in the sense of, you know, definitely talking about the people and, and who we want to build this with and the type of recruits that we want to bring on board. And 
you know, we're in this really exciting phase for our program. Again, you know, I alluded to, we've, we've got some really nice history, but we're also in the building phase, which is awesome. And, and it's like, it's really challenging and it's definitely not for everybody. You know, this is one of those programs that has an opportunity to, to surprise your, your stereotypical swim schools. Right. And, and like, that's not for everybody. You know, a lot of people want, you know, like I want to go to X school. They've got all these banners hanging. Like there's some safety to that. And I totally get that. I totally get that. And we're, we're in this really cool spot. One of the things that also attracted me to this is like, we're in this really cool spot where, you know, it's been proven it can be done here. Um, But we, we also don't really have a lot to lose. Like there's a lot ahead of us. And so if you're somebody who wants to put your fingerprint on a program, if you're somebody who wants that responsibility, wants to be accountable for making a team better in your four years, like you're going to have a lot of fun working with this staff. And, and that's, that's just, it is what it is. And so that's, that's kind of been the message, like, and, and fully acknowledge like that is not for everybody. Um, but when we find those people and, and there's that connection, that's the best feeling in the world. And so um, that's, that's the type of student athlete we're looking for. And that's, that's how we're recruiting. I'm curious as to the, how, how the day-to-day practice works, right? Um, are you, how, how are you dividing that as coaches? I've seen a lot of different college programs work a lot of different ways. And I'm always just fascinated by, you know, the, the difference in systems there can be in terms of what coach is working with what group or, or how it's divided up. So, so far, how have, how have you done that? And again, your first time being a head coach at a combined program. Yeah. Well, you know, it was, it was good for me to have the experience I did at Tennessee where I think literally you know, from my hire was the moment where Matt was transitioning from single gender to combine. So I had five, five years to kind of feel through, you know, that, that experience and how we make decisions and personnel groups and coaches. And, and we did it, you know, a number of different ways, which helped me feel confident, you know, in this. Um, I think in, in the past, it's been a little bit segregated here. And so I, I, I really felt excited and passionate about working with both the men and the women as the head coach. And so that's uh, one of the areas I've prioritized. I also feel like with the expertise and the, um, the personalities we have on staff, like there's nobody in our program that's not going to benefit from, from, you know, having a little bit more ex- exposure to different people. And so what we've tried to do is first start to understand our student athletes, what they respond well to, and that that'll be a process that takes, you know, more more than this year. But with every week that goes by, you get more and more information, and then you can kind of see like, oh, this is someone who really benefits from X, and you know, we have that coach who who is just does a tremendous job at X, and so what we're kind of working towards is everybody having somewhat of a point of contact on staff. Um, So somebody, and I think that that's healthy. I think that that's safe. Like you have a coach that you're bouncing ideas off of, like they know your race strategies, they know your goals, so on and so forth. And and there's probably at least 50% of the week you're with that person. And then for the other half, it may be even a little less, there's supplemental opportunities that involve other coaches. And I think that that helps create this feeling of one team. And, and I think in, in year one, I think it's critical that we do that. 
Um, I, I'm definitely not interested in having five separate teams, you know, inside of this one. And they're all, you know, kind of almost even competing against one another. You know, I, I, I think for this to be the experience that I know it can, we, we want to be one team. And I know that that's a, a term that gets thrown around a lot, but I think the way that you divide your week um, really influences that. So it's been fun to do that. And, you know, we also, they all, again, this was so late, they all made decisions in terms of their classes based on a previous schedule. So like there wasn't a lot I could change, to be honest with you. So I definitely anticipate the, you know, the the times, the days, I, I think all that will slightly evolve as time goes on and we get smarter about, um, you know, given the right stimulus, given the right recovery. Um, but it, our hands were somewhat tied in terms of what we could do this year, just with how late it was. Yeah, and that, that yeah, that definitely makes sense. Uh, so what do you have a, uh, what is your group that, that you're with 50 plus percent of the week? You know, what, what, what type of athletes have you been working with so far? So I, I, I feel really fortunate in my career. I've been, I've just had amazing mentors and, and people who've shown me a lot of different ways to do this. And I think they've kind of put me literally every spot I've been at. Um, and then as a, as a head coach with, with just one assistant in a single gender program, you kind of have to coach everybody as well. So like I've been in a position where I've been responsible for all groups. So I think that gives me a level of comfort just about anywhere. And, and so I was kind of, I felt like I wanted to be the last piece. And as we fill out our, our last spot as well, like I'm going to factor that in as well, but I wanted to be kind of the last piece to fill in the gaps in terms of making sure our assistants are comfortable and confident where, you know, in their area. And naturally it kind of worked out where I'd be in the middle. And so I really like that because um, one, I, I like those events and and I feel like I, I've had probably some more success with those events than some other ones, um, but it also allows me to go up and down. And so I have a very clear communication path to our assistant coaches, and I have a very clear com communication path, whether it's up or down with our student athletes. So I think it's a healthy kind of middle ground right now for me. Has there been any sort of, um, have you implemented anything of your own in this past month in terms of training, like some teams will do dry land, you know, for the first month, I just talked to Ohio state and they're doing five swims and four lifts per week, you know, for the first for in September, you know, it's like, are, is, is there anything that you're doing on, on the physical side of things just to kind of kick the season off and get things rolling for your team? Yeah. Um, I think there's probably a number of things that were, I'm actually trying to be somewhat conservative in how much we we change things up, right? Because I have to make sure that they're able to receive it or else I'm just changing it to change it, you know, and it's probably more about my ego than anything else. And And I think I made that mistake in the past. And so I came here and I was like, how can I, how can I be true to what I view as the fundamentals of fast swimming? How can I be true to teaching? How can I be true to what we believe is the the periodization, the you know the physiological uh, periodization throughout a year, um, while also making sure that I hear what they're used to and what they they think they respond well to, and so I think we probably 
uh, sprinkled it in a little more than I have in the past. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a few people out there that are minds are blown right now. Um, but I think the part that's probably very different is just um, in, in attention to detail and the way that we do everything, you know, how we do everything is everything. And so um, we we're asking a lot of them from a skill set standpoint. I, I love that we have this time to teach. Um, you know, there's a lot of them that they can work their butts off and they're they're fantastic and they have a work ethic that is probably unrivaled. And so I have to, I have to, you know, turn them loose and, and let them do that every now and then while also letting them know that if you really want to be world-class, there, there's, there's a manner and there's a, a certain kind of skill set that is required at, at the level that we're talking. And so I think right now is a time to grow your habits. I think it's a time to really build efficiency mechanically and also in terms of what, what goes on internally. And that's where we've spent most of our time. Um, and so it's been really fun kind of having some chalk talks and, you know, breaking down how we see an event uh, from a strategic standpoint. And then we reverse engineer that. And we talk about why a value of a skill set matters. And we try to show them uh, what it means, you know, towards the end, instead of just coming in and saying, hey, do this with your butterfly. And we don't really give an explanation why. So they've been asking great questions. Uh, very curious group, and it's been a lot of fun kind of in this chapter of of teaching right now. Sounds pretty fun. Sounds very intellectually stimulating. <laughs> well, if you look at kind of the people I've been exposed to, I, I, it's the <laughs> way I've learned it. And it's, yeah, just fortunate to to be with some great minds in my past and, and kind of see this done a certain way. And um, you know, and, and then I have to also put my my beliefs into it and put my personality into it as well. So um, it is fun. It's a lot of fun to have this this opportunity right now. So uh, tell me about Lexington. I've been there once and I uh, honestly don't remember too much. Not to say it was a, it was a very quick trip. And that's yeah. why I think I was there for less than 24 hours. Uh, but. I'm curious what you think of it and where, where are the best, where, where are the best pancakes? Oh man. That's what I need to know. Well, that's a great question, Coleman. Uh, I have to look at our, our team's uh, Lexington survival guide for best pancakes. I'll have that's to, right. I'll text you and get back to you on that. Um, it's funny that you said about Lexington. So this has got to be excuse me, this has got to be one of the most eclectic places I've ever lived. Yeah, I, I don't know if I, I don't know what I was expecting. I had been here one time um, when I was at Tennessee, we came up here and raced, but it was just kind of a day trip. This place has it all. Like I didn't expect such a, <clears throat> sorry, I need to sleep a little more. Um, I didn't expect such a wide variety of, of everything. Like if you want super liberal, we've got that. If you want super conservative, we've got that. If you want urban, we've got that. If you want suburban, we've got that. We have these like, you know, when you picture like these rolling, you know, hills, these beautiful green grass where the horses are, like all those stereotypes that come into your mind. Yeah, that's that's Lexington. <laughs> and you also have like this, like very hip vibe as well. I don't know. It literally, I mean, maybe outside of Seattle, 
because that's probably tough to top. Like it is one of the most like eclectic places I've ever been. And so I, I think part of that is this moment in time for this place. I think it's a place that's really booming. I think it's a place that's going to continue to 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 grow. Um, and it's also in this cool place geographically where it's like, I think they call it the doorstep to the south, you know, and, and so it's this good blend. And, and, you know, to be honest with you, I really like that. I think that it's really healthy to have different perspectives. I, I, I'm kind of energized by that. And um, it, it's been really cool so far. So we're really fortunate. My, my daughter's in, um, she was in a dual immersion. My oldest is in a dual immersion program up in uh, Princeton, half the day Spanish, half the day English. And like, we have that a mile away from our house. And so she's in, you know, in that program. So you can feel kind of this cool community as well. And, and we're excited as a family to, to start to immerse ourselves into it. And, and again, it kind of goes back to the people, like the people have been really awesome so far. That's, that's cool to hear. Have I'm, I'm always, I mean, I, my shtick is pancakes, but um, I, I always love coffee and so. I always, <laughs> and I always just love interesting food. Have there been any establishments that have stuck out to you that you've been to so far? It's mm, a good question. Um, I've lived in this office probably a little bit more than I, I hope to <laughs> in the coming months. Um, we, we've been, we're about to transition to our fourth temporary house here in Lexington. Um, we, we bought a home here, uh, real estate in, in central New Jersey is a, a little bit more cumbersome than most know, not because of, you know, how, how long it takes to sell a place, but there's lawyers involved and there's some unnecessary steps if I, if I say my opinion. And so, um, we, we sold our house quite quickly, but the process has taken a long time. So mm -hmm. we're very eager to move into our house. And once we do that, I think we're, we're going to start to be able to branch out to some of these restaurants a little more and get a little more established. But maybe the, the silver lining with that is that we're a, we're a one car family. So I ride my bike to work every day. So we've lived all over Lexington already. So now like I've, I've learned kind of uh, a lot more about this place than I would have had we just moved into our house right away. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll get back to you on, on the good eats. Cause it, it's a, a slight passion of mine and my wife's as well. That's exciting to hear. Did riding your bike to work, did, do you have to get up pretty early to make morning practices for that? Yeah. Um, I love it. I love it. Like that's my favorite time of the day. Cause it's just quiet. <laughs> it's just quiet. It's like the, the one time that I get to just, I don't know, it's, it's like serenity now, you know, um, I, I started that in, in Princeton and, um, our home that we're going to move into here is about a mile away from the pool. Like, so very grateful for that. Yeah. It's like, it's walk. yeah, well, come on, you know, let's not get crazy here, Coleman. Uh, <laughs> So every every place we've lived so far, our, our current place we're living is the furthest that we've lived away. And it's a 20 minute bike ride. And I go through downtown and I don't know, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I get up a little early, but it's not too bad. Nice. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. It's <clears throat> when you get on that routine of kind of, well, I don't know if, if you're early to bed, but <laughs> early to rise, uh, yeah, it's the the mornings are so peaceful and and quiet, and it's it's really nice 
to start your day like that. Um, I agree. I feel like that's like one of those, when you start to appreciate that, I think that's one of those indicators that like, maybe I'm getting kind of old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I'm aging. (laughs) Maybe I'm aging a little bit. Yep. Maybe I'm turning into my parents a little bit. (laughs) Well, you know, there's, there's, there's pros and cons. Yeah. It's all right. Um, well, Brett, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and chat. It's been great catching up and, and getting your perspective on this new chapter for you in Lexington. Uh, any parting thoughts for our audience before we sign off today? Uh, no, I mean, I I, I just, I, I do have a lot of gratitude for everything that you do for our sport, for for programs. I mean, I really appreciate you giving an, us an opportunity to to talk about our program, but just the sport itself, it's it's been fun to kind of see how this has grown. And, you know, I think a lot of it is just, there's there's so many shared ways now right the parodies like sky high and and i think that there's something really beautiful about that and, and i think it really forces healthy competition and you got to be really good at what you do and um and i think it's really important that we continue to work together to share these ideas so you and and swim swim have been a, a great catalyst for that and an and avenue uh, of sharing those ideas so there's definitely a sincere appreciation from it from a coaching standpoint You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.